Hello and welcome to the Revel Answer podcast. I am your host, Wojciech Salski, and in these episodes I will interview entrepreneurs, freelancers, business owners, artists and others who share the passion for the art of work. Each week we will explore adventures and lessons of our guests, providing you with a variety of unique perspectives on how to become successful in any area of interest. Let us explore the many faces of success. Hello and welcome to the Revelancer podcast. Today I am hosting an interview with Raywin Guerrero, the gutsy exit executive coach committed to helping you eliminate the guesswork around your stress so that you can fine-tune your biochemistry and become the CEO of not only your health, but your life. Hello, Raywin. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm great, thank you. It's lovely to finally meet you here. We've had some difficulties before, but I think it's only for the best. Sometimes you need to wait for the meal to, for it to taste better. So without further ado, I just wanted to um, invite you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me and I'm delighted to be here and to talk about my journey in entrepreneurship. And for those who have never heard of of functional medicine before, I am a practicing functional medicine coach. And that means that I try to help people uncover the hidden stressors that might be causing their conditions rather than just putting a bandaid on their symptoms, which is what the traditional medical model is about. And the reason that I'm so passionate and committed to this, in fact, I don't even say I'm passionate anymore. I'm like this is my mission. Be, uh, I, I started off from a very, very early age. You know, my dad was in a coma when I was four years old. My grandfather had dementia. My other grandfather was diabetic and everyone was on medication from the time they were very, very young from in their forties. And I saw this and I was very motivated to understand like, well, why is it that everyone's on meds and they're, con- they're continually upping their meds as they get older and they're not getting better. They're just sort of in that place of symptom management, which is quite distressing for family members to to watch so and by the time I hit my 30s I was ending up in the same situation uh, so I was working in a bank and ended up with anxiety and IBS and panic attacks and insomnia and headaches and migraines and all the things that just you know zap your energy and I saw everybody else around me going through the exact same thing people crying in the bathrooms totally stressed living on low fat and 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 caffeine you know low fat foods and caffeine thinking that they were doing themselves good so I wanted to understand, well, why, why are we, and and this is what functional medicine is essentially about. It's why, not just what, and you know, and how do you match a pill for an ill? It's like, well, why do you have headaches? Why are you having panic attacks? And, you know, talking therapy can only go so far. I actually trained as a psychotherapist and I uh, I help people with hypnotherapy, but I couldn't understand like, well, we're doing all this therapy. We're talking, we're reprogramming, limiting beliefs, but something's still not giving with certain people. And, you know, functional medicine and my own journey with IBS led me to understanding this link between the gut and the brain. And that's why I've rebranded myself as the, as the, uh, the gutsy executive coach. So 
in a nutshell, I like helping people understand that link between the gut and the brain and the gut and hormones and the gut and skin, because all of these, all these conditions, all these ailments, 90% of them can be traced back to what's going on in our gastrointestinal tract and the foods that we're feeding ourselves. So food can be medicine or it can be poison. And, you know, this individualized, personalized approach that, that functional medicine advocates for, it's not necessarily something that many people are familiar with you know they can they show up sometimes in my practice and they talk a lot about like well I've been keto or I've been paleo or I have been vegan or vegetarian and nothing seems to work like I'm still tired or I'm not losing weight or you know I'm not sleeping um, or I've done all the therapy and nothing's helping with my anxiety so generally when when they show up you know I start to I start to tell them and explain to them like well you know one size won't fit all like just because you've seen something work for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So we take this very individualized approach through the use of functional lab work. And it's different to traditional blood work that you would do with your doctor. We look at things like cortisol um, and we, we use saliva, urine. We look at sex hormones, stress hormones, metabolic hormones. So, um, you know, cortisol would be one of the things, adrenaline. We'd also look at um, estrogen, progesterone, like all of these things, thyroid hormone in particular. That's one that I see showing up a lot these days, like women with underactive or overactive thyroid, but showing up with anxiety or depression or poor sleep or sweating all night, losing their hair um, and, and struggling with, with energy in, in particular. So, and they go to doctors and nobody ever thinks to check these things. Or if they do check it, they say, well, everything's come back normal. And that's probably one of the, my biggest bugbears actually, because I was one of those people that, you know, you'd go to the doctor, they run all these tests and they say, well, you're, everything's fine. You're normal. It must be in your head. And they, you get dismissed with, you know, maybe it's you rather than something biochemically not working in my body. So I, I love being able to help people actually make sense of what's going on with them and helping them see on paper that there, there are tangible reasons for why they're feeling the way that they're feeling and then taking steps to address that because then it becomes a very personalized approach. So, you know, I walked away from corporate um, because of my own experience, set up my business. I have a medical director who's a medical doctor who has had very similar experiences to me um, and his, he has his own frustrations with the way that uh, modern medicine set up. And I've got three other nutritional therapists who work with me. So it's quite exciting. Um, we're all trained in the same way, but we've all come from corporate as well. So everybody burnt out in, in one way or another or saw a family member burn out and decided, you know, there must be something else going on here apart from what we're being told by our, our medical professionals. So we've all we've all had our own experiences, our own Damascus moments and have come to the realization that, you know, um, genes aren't your destiny. One size doesn't fit all. And just because your lab work says you're normal doesn't mean you are, especially if you've got symptoms. So I hope that answers your question. That is really powerful. And if anything, it's such an up-to-date problem considering the the amount of anxiety and uh, stress that people are uh, you know, struggling daily with and uh, the opioid pandemic really um in in my in my opinion uh, that that is just touching plenty of plenty of lives you know we i think um to a certain degree we've came to we've come to the point when uh, if it's not something that you can treat with a pill you don't treat it so uh, finding this this place let's say this person that can help you with those things that's very very powerful um, I wanted to ask then, uh, let's rewind a bit. You said that you come from a corporate background. 
what was the beginning of your uh, self-employed journey and how did it come about? What, what was uh, maybe um, the moment that uh, turned it for you or the decision that made it obvious? It's, it's so funny that you're talking about this and asking about it. Um, I don't think it was one moment, but there was, you know, there were several. Um, and I come from a whole family of entrepreneurs. So I think that definitely has a part to play in it. And I grew up in the Caribbean. So and that's a place where I like to think, you know, my ancestors were pioneers. They've come from all over the world. They kind of settled in one little place and, you know, try to make a life of it. And, and um, you know, my my great grandfather was growing his own cocoa and his own coffee and he had his own farm. And my dad has continued in the same tradition, um, but not before trying all the other corporate things as well. So this was the the irony, like he walked away from the whole farming agricultural aspect of things and then started um, working for an insurance company and ended up becoming the CEO of a subsidiary of that company and setting up one of the first drive-through pharmacies in the Caribbean back in the 90s and so I've seen you know I used to see my dad staying up all night like working on um, on floor plans and layouts and presentations and pitches and pitch decks and all that kind of stuff like from when I was really really young so I, I kind of knew that entrepreneurship was in my my DNA and when I got to the UK you know that was not an easy journey I was young you know fresh off the boat and yeah, I think I moved seven times in one year um, trying to find a decent place to live you know totally different environment to being in the Caribbean and going to university working three jobs um, you know while having doing a full-time degree so I think you know, I've always, you know, I've always been mission driven. Like I wanted to get that degree so badly, like I needed it because I thought I'm going to be able to change the world. I'm going to be able to help people the minute I have this degree behind me. So I, I studied psychology at Goldsmiths University with the intention of being able to practice and help um, understand the links between, you know, dementia because of what I'd seen happen with my grandfather and anxiety. And you talked about opioids, but for him, it was... Um, uh, benzos so he had been dependent on 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 benzodiazepam for 20 years and they it really damaged his brain so for people who don't know what that what I'm talking about it's like um, muscle relaxants Valium um, any sort of uh, anti-anxiety medication a psychopharmaceutical being on them for longer than six months has very detrimental effects on the brain and the um, the stiffening of the uh, the arteries in the brain so, and it can lead to, to strokes which is what happened to him and then that led to dementia so I was so mission driven from seeing what happened to him I thought I have to do this degree I don't care if it's three jobs and then once you know you graduate then you've got you got to get a job and you've got to um, find your way in the world. Uh, and I couldn't go straight into doing a master's. So I, I got this job at Barclays in Canary Wharf. And wow. and that just turned into 10 years. You know, what, it, was, it was supposed to be like a one week gig and it turned into 10 years. And in that time, I, I found I had a lot of room to grow. Like I, I did have a lot of great mentorship, great people who supported me, the head of HR. He was a phenomenal human being who saw, you know, he saw that I, I was very passionate about making people's lives better. And at one point when I said, well, I'm going to quit and go off and start my own practice because I had retrained in, in hypnotherapy while I was working there. I, I made sure and 
I, you know, I've never, never really stopped learning. That's one thing that I'd say for anyone who wants to become an entrepreneur, just be open to always learning, right? Um, so even though I had my day job and that was like an eight to six, I still was studying other things because I was still thinking, well, how can I, how can I still improve? How can I make things better for people? How can I add more tools to my toolkit, you know, in order to help people in this fight against anxiety and against psychopharmaceuticals? So that that's probably my biggest motivation, getting people off of medication um, because they don't need it. The body doesn't actually need it. And if it does, it doesn't need it for very long um, because there are other things that you can do to redress the balance. So, um, yeah, that when did it start? It, it never it never stopped. It's always been there. Um, and I think the only things that ever held me back were time and money. You know, to be honest, you know, I was doing the day job, realizing that it wasn't really like, I'm like, oh, do I really want to work in corporate for the rest of my life? No. And I, but I'd always known that, but at that point, you know, you're living in central London, it's expensive. And these things, you know, I looked at it as, okay, this day job is gonna, it's, it's not in my way. It's helping me on my way. It's helping me on my way to getting to where I need to go. So there was a moment in 2015, my, um, my housemate at the time took a photo of me going into work because I had to drag myself in one morning. I was feeling very unwell. And that photo was probably the clincher. Like it was at the start of 2015. And I looked so miserable, so unhappy, just sort of like depleted, drained, sad. And that was when I thought, oh, I need to find another, I need to find something else to do. Because if I, if I continue like this, I'm going to become, I was already not feeling well. I had like no energy and I had all these other things I was telling you about the IBS and all that stuff. And I thought, I'm just going to end up being another, um, a statistic, right? And, and it was ironic because I was running an, a well-being program and I just thought this looks so bad. Like <laughs> I couldn't quite, couldn't quite, um, you know, uh, live with the fact that I was going to end up a statistic, you know, like, oh, she's got IBS, she's got this, she's, you know, hormone problems, all this stuff, but she's supposed to be running the well-being program. But um, so I think, you know, when your health comes into question, you, you suddenly realize like nothing else matters. So you just kind of go in the direction of, well, where can I be happiest? Where can I create health? And for me, those things are about helping other people. So yes, I obviously wanted to work for myself and have freedom and not be under the thumb of management and all the things that were causing me stress. Um, but definitely the, um, you know, having freedom and being able to help other people while doing that was really, really important. Yeah. And uh, I wonder then what, uh, considering, you know, on, on your entrepreneurship journey, what would you pinpoint as uh, maybe a few, the biggest challenges that you've encountered, especially as a sort of young uh, uh, entrepreneur, not really knowing the ropes just yet? Um, well, yeah, so people, you know, people take your ideas. And that was one of the things that happened very, very early on for me. Um, I met a lot of people who said they wanted to collaborate and, um, you know, I'm very trusting or I was very trusting. I think I still am. Um, but you know, I, again, like I said, you know, I've had a very different upbringing to people who are in the UK or in, in Europe. Um, you know, the Caribbean's pretty warm, very open. People are very friendly. They're very, you know, they share information freely. Nobody's, 
uh, you know, nobody would steal your information, but I did notice that that would happen. Like I'd meet a couple of people and share ideas with them with the, with the view that we were going to collaborate under the, you know, assumption that that was going to happen. And then they'd just disappear. And then I'd see my idea show up somewhere else. So in my journey, um, into entrepreneurship, I'd say, you know, be, be wise, be, be, and, and hold your ideas. Obviously, if you meet other people who are on the same wavelength as you, um, that's great, but I don't really do anything now without an NDA. I, any, any conversations that I'm entering into, I try and get everyone to sign something because I think it's, it protects you and protects your ideas. That is very. That is a very good action point for, for all of us uh, out there who are listening. Thank you very much for that. So the follow-up question that I have about it is then, what was the would you say what was the biggest factor in the success that you had like maybe some tools or the ways that you went about things that made the success um really really you know going i love that you asked this question um so you know i used to think success was about how much i learned um, how knowledgeable I was, how much, uh, how much time I spent working on my website and working on my SEO. And I think all those things are really important. Like obviously you want people, you want to drive traffic to your site. You want to drive traffic to, to you so people know who you are and what you do and how you can help them. Um, and, you know, getting clear on your message is a big part of, of any entrepreneurial journey because people need to know you, like you, trust you, and you have to be able to solve a problem for them. So be very clear about that. But I definitely think more than all of that, I feel like energy is so important, like the energy that you're showing up with. So, you know, working on yourself, being confident um, and believing in what you're doing, believing in your product, if it's a product or your service, whatever it is that you're offering, and believing that it can really change people's lives, and being able to charge for it too. You know, I had a lot of problems at the start feeling feeling really guilty about charging for services because again growing up in the Caribbean where everybody just helps you and they don't take money from you and people will feed you no matter what you know like you never go hungry in the Caribbean everyone will look after you and feed you but um coming in and you know and my mother it's just so funny we're talking about her but she couldn't understand like why you know like we used to, we used to play music and stuff growing up and I used to say well I'm gonna go become a musician you know and she's like well you can't charge for music and I'm kind of like of course you can she's like no it's a hobby and there was this idea that work was very much by the sweat of your brow which I think is part of a Christian upbringing so it wasn't something that you would ever enjoy and that you know your hobbies were the things that you would enjoy but they weren't things you'd ever get paid for so the you know because my work brought me so much joy there was this sort of guilt attached to charging for it right and I was like oh I can't really charge people for helping them <laughs> I can't really you know and I I felt really bad about it for a long time I'd give quite a lot of things away so I feel the energy at which you're going into something understand and valuing yourself and knowing what you're worth and knowing how much what you're doing is going to transform that person's life not just today like one session might help somebody today but the long-reaching effects of like say working on a program you know working across three months or something which is the way that I work with people and what that's going to do for them like one of the first questions I asked I was like you know what is this problem stopping you from doing what are you not able to experience because of it what is it holding you back from and when they stop and they think about all the things that they they've kind of you know um they've they've adapted to not being able to do 
then they're like, wait, I've actually not been able to, like I had one lady, she's like, I haven't been able to go on a date for dinner for about five years because my stomach after 5 p.m. I don't digest any food. I have horrible bloating and glass and gas and reflux and I would never be able to go to sleep and I'd just be too anxious and too stressed about not being able to digest the food and feeling sick the whole night. So I haven't gone on a date for dinner in about five years. She said, I'd actually be able to go on dinner dates if I sorted out what's going on with my, my gut, you know, or my skin, like, you know and the same lady she had problems with her skin as well so there was a lot of gut skin stuff going on there um she said i you know i wouldn't have to like cake on all this makeup on top of my face to like hide all the the rosacea and the eczema and all that stuff and i'd feel okay about taking my clothes off so you know those things that's not just three months that's a lifetime of value that you're offering someone so knowing your worth knowing the value that you're 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 offering someone is that a lifetime value that you're giving to them you know whatever it is that you're offering or you're selling um, and then being able to, to price yourself accordingly. So I feel like energy is more important, believing in yourself. So there, there's some of these more soft skills as opposed to technical skills that I feel are more useful when it comes to being an entrepreneur because when you believe in what you're doing and you know the value of it then you can charge accordingly and you don't feel guilty and you don't feel and that it doesn't hold you back ultimately it won't hold you back and you will be able to move forward and all that doubt and because there's a lot of doubt you know anybody starting a business is going to be like oh, I'm not really sure and you'll have a lot of people around you who might say are you really sure you should be doing this you know like you leaving a nine to five you had a pension like that was my mother you had a pension like what are you doing <laughs> you know but you know people who grew up in the 60s and 70s like having a pension was like the greatest thing they couldn't understand that you could create wealth outside of getting paid um, in a nine to five but you know, the world right now is so amazing. The internet has broken through all barriers for, for you if you want to set up a business of any kind, um, you know, and you can you can make money while you sleep, right? Yeah, yeah. no, that's very powerful. And if anything, and this is, this is um, I think, a very common, especially, be, um, you know, between all the freelancers and entrepreneurs that are just starting on the journey to change the idea of selling to the idea of serving that this idea mm -hmm. of giving someone something that they need and then getting paid for it because it's reciprocated rather than getting money from them because you're pushing something onto them exactly is... it's an exchange it's an energetic exchange and i think if we move more into that mindset of like no what i'm offering you is transformative it's going to change your life in multiple ways not just for the initial you know problem that you might be showing up for you know um which i've seen over and over again someone saying oh i want to i want you to come and just sort of like help me with my ibs you're like well that's not just about the ibs that's gonna transform relationship life work life um you know, energy levels in your personal life, being able to exercise, not having to be worried about where the bathroom is, vacations, travel, all sorts of things. It just transforms all aspects of your life. So there is, uh, like you said, just, you know, the lifetime value and the service that you're offering someone that has to be acknowledged and, and, um, and reciprocated. That is beautiful. And uh, as much as I am mindful of our time, I cannot stop myself from asking this question. And uh, this might come a bit of a surprise, but I, I love it because it turns the, the table. Um, I would like to ask you, is there anything in particular, any lie or any problem in your industry or in the industry that your business, your work is affecting that people don't talk about? Any lie? Um... Well, within 
like let's say medicine, right? Uh, or healthcare in the traditional sense, there are multiple lies, right? Their genes are your destiny. Like, oh, if you've got Alzheimer's in your family, then that means you have to get it. That's a complete lie. You know, if you've got diabetes in your family, that does not mean you have to get it. So you're not doomed to, you know, ending up with the same um, genetic expression as the people that you've come from. Everything that that you, you know, whatever you're doing in your day-to-day life, whatever you're consuming, whether that's from a food perspective, from, uh, you know, energetic perspective, the people around you, the work you're doing, the, the way you're sleeping, the books you're reading, the podcasts or TV that you're listening to or watching, um, these things all have an impact on your cells and how they express themselves and how your genes express themselves. So the lie that I think that modern medicine has perpetuated is that we, you know, we're deficient in drugs and that's not true. You know, we're, if, if you pay attention to what the body needs, it is able to restore itself, regenerate itself rather than trying to mask it, you know, mask the symptoms. The symptoms are actually telling you pay attention because this is what needs attention right now. Don't turn. I always, this is an, an analogy I like to use. It's like, well, if you've got a fire, would you turn off the fire alarm or would you put out the fire? So the symptoms are the fire alarm. And you, well, they, they're telling you like something's up. You need to pay attention to where the fire is coming from. And sometimes symptoms are so far downstream as well. Like there's so many other things that there. it's part of what we call an inflammatory cascade. Like they are showing up long after the initial cause of them has begun. So my, my job is to be like the health detective and to go back and figure out, well, where did this originate from rather than how it's showing up right now? So, you know, the lie to answer your question is that, you know, symptoms can be can be masked with with medicine or medication not actual medicine medicine is what you feed your soul what you feed your what you feed your mind and and how you nourish your body and that can be and if you you know if you get it right as in you work with someone who can do the lab work who can help you tweak and personalize your nutrition and the things that you're doing in your life there's nothing that your body can't do so that's that's probably the yeah that's what i think that is thank you very much for that that. yeah of course and that's a (laughs) that's a very positive uh, message and if if anything it's quite empowering and uh, i can tell how passionate you are about the subject that we're talking um, about so finally as always i would like to invite you to let us know about anything it can be an encouragement an advice a gut feeling um of any kind what you would like to leave our listeners with i do like that you talked about gut feeling that never ever goes wrong um i think if you take the time to tune into that and if you cultivate a practice that allows you to tune into it um so you know in the entrepreneurial journey there's a lot of running after i call it shiny object syndrome you've probably heard of it like you're running after the next thing the next thing the next thing that's gonna that's gonna be that's you know that's gonna get you the the big investor or the investment or the whatever but you know you don't have to chase that stick to your plan and stick to your guns and listen to your gut and make sure that you have some sort of mindful based practice whether that's waking up in the morning and just mindfully making tea or coffee or an actual breathing or breath work exercise where you, you know, you close your eyes, you visualize, you set intentions, something like that helps you to stay connected to your mission 
and connected to what's actually good for you and what's real so that you're not running after the next shiny thing. Um, and I think, you know, I had a business coach very early on. She said, you know, create a business plan. She's like, and you may not stick to it 100%. She said, but whenever I meet with you, I want to see that we're 95% sticking to it. So, and don't run after the shiny objects. Because um, that, that was probably in the early days. The first couple of years, there was a lot of shiny object syndrome on my end. Just like, oh, I'm going to get to work with this person. And they're going to do this with me. And, run, and then nothing ever happened. <laughs> so, um, you know, believe in yourself, ultimately. Believe in yourself and listen to your gut <laughs> that is beautiful thank you very much for this and uh, thank you very much for the conversation it's been a pleasure and uh, very very insightful if anything i have so many more questions but maybe at some point i'll end up asking them on my own uh, podcast instead yes of course feel free offline we can totally go through your questions <laughs> beautiful well thank you very much raven it was a pleasure to host the conversation with you here likewise take good care Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I have no doubt the precious knowledge shared by our guest will help you on your own career path. Be sure to visit revolancer.com and have a great productive week. Make sure to reach out to us if you want to know more and we'll see you next time.